Uh, today I want to talk to you about the second part of the idea of Pathfinder, figuring out what God wants for you. Uh, and last week we talked about the importance of dreams and visions and to take away the idea that dreams and visions are mystical or sort of terrifying in times things only, but the dreams and visions are how the church started. On the very first day, the church birth in Acts chapter two, uh, preacher that day, Peter quoted Joel. Uh, that we are already in the last days because God has come by His Spirit giving us dreams and visions. That was, that was the depth and context of that conversation and a really powerful one. And so today I want to talk to you about how to find your way um, in your spiritual journey. To answer the question, what God wants for me. Uh, sometimes we talk about what God wants from us, so that's something we lay down. And sometimes we talk about what God needs, uh, um, our worship, or we need His the, the, to worship, but seldom do we talk about what God wants for us. And that is the idea that God wants something good for us, like a parent wants only good for their children. God is the same way. So I, I'm going to um, um, go to Matthew chap, chapter 2, um, and it's actually the birth of Jesus, and I know it's the wrong time of the year um, to talk about the birth of Jesus. It's very far away from December, but I think there's some cool ideas in there I want to talk to you about uh, on walking in the light, to talk to you about walking in the light. Matthew chapter 2 uh, says this, uh, verse 1, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And I just for a moment want to reflect on this idea of wise men following a light. Not the sun, not the moon, but a star. And I'm sure you know that back in the day, uh, navigation was often done using the stars. Uh, some people still try to navigate their lives using stars, but the wrong kind of stars. Um, uh, but the wise men noticed a new star. So the star of David was a new star. That's why it's got such a great religious meaning uh, in that part of the world. And they, they followed the, the light that it gave. So they only really traveled far at night. And I just want to pause for a moment and tell you that the greatest distance you will cover in your personal life is often when it seems dark around you enough for you to see the light of Jesus Christ in your life. And sometimes everything else is so bright that you can't see His light. But in His light, you'll see in a moment there is life. And once we acknowledge and find a way of figuring out what light is in our lives, light will lead us to what God has for us. And I'll show you that in a moment. There's a famous scripture in 1 John, 1 John 1, 7. says, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus' His Son purifies us from all sin. And then the Amplified adds, by erasing the stain of sin. So this idea of walking in the light rather than walking in darkness has a lot of impact implications. We have better fellowship with one another, and I'll, I'll explain to you what I mean by that. We have better fellowship with one another. We have better relationship with God, and it sort of wipes away our anxieties, our uncertainties, and our fears. So there's this idea uh, embedded in Scripture that we walk in the light. A lot of people, I think, are tempted to want God to guide us, not through the light, but through sound, 
Like God must tell us, oh, there comes the rain. God is saying something right now. Um, God wants to tell us what to do. So we wait to hear something. And that's wonderful, but not always necessary. If you can see it, you can walk in it, even if you can't hear him. Seeing is more valuable spiritually in your day-to-day life than just waiting to hear. And sometimes people wait to hear and feel, something wrong with me, I can't hear it. But if you put the light on it, it'll seem clear to you what you should, what you should do. Even for the more intense believer, a deeper believer on this topic, 2 Peter 1 reminds us that even prophecy is a kind of light. So we have the prophetic word, uh, 2 Peter 1 says, confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. You know, when God gives you a prophecy, somebody says something into your life, it should feel like someone turned the light on. And when they turned the light on, you immediately could see everything around you properly. If somebody gives you a prophecy and it confuses you, I would just put it aside and wait for clarification on another day. I would not act on something that wasn't clear. Prophecy is like a light switch in a dark room. It should immediately clarify what's there, what's not, where you are, where others are. If it doesn't, just leave it. Just don't, don't, don't attack. Don't write back and say, hey, you missed it. Go back and pray. Come back with a better word. Don't worry. Just leave it in the back room somewhere. Uh, another day, God might join all the dots together. Amen. Have you ever heard the term glory to glory? That's quite a strong Christian term, isn't it? We're going from glory to glory. Um, it's also a term that is hard to put into practice. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about how to do that because th- that statement is about a brighter and brighter light. Uh, I have, have joked about this uh, recently that I'm, I've been doing the smart home thing, experimenting. It does make me a little nervous. It does mean that my lights are on my Wi-Fi, and if something's on the Wi-Fi, I'm convinced someone can, I don't know, listen to my, I don't know, spy on me, turn my lights off and on without me knowing. But it's quite awesome to have an app to be able to, you know, dim things and brighten things and all that. (laughs) The guys are like, yeah, you should be careful. But this scripture, uh, From Glory to Glory, is about, you know, things that are brighter and things that are made darker. Dimmer, like a dimmer switch, like a dimmer switch. Let's talk a little bit about that. The Bible tells us that the way to find your path in life, you're tempted to do one of two things. You either look in through a mirror, hoping to see where to go. So the mirror method, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says, for we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And now abides faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. So one of the ways uh, we try to figure out where our lives go is to look into the mirror of our lives and figure it out. This plays out in things like aptitude tests and encouragements from your friends and your mom and dad. This plays out in assessing your talents and your abilities. This plays out in looking at what makes you money and doing more of that. Or some people say, do what makes you happy and then the money will come. All of that is looking into the mirror. I look at me and my world and I draw from that the best I can and I do more of that. 
But the Bible warns us that that's a dim amount of light. There is a better way. I mean, it's a start, but there's a better way. The best way is not to look into the mirror and work out your life. It's to look to the master and find your path. And have a look at what that says. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Amplified Bible verse 18 says, and we all with unveiled faces, so get the uh, blindness out the way, continually seeing as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into His image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What a difference. The one is, I look in the mirror, but it's a dim view. Yeah? I look at my personality profile, my abilities, my skill sets, my financial resources, and I build a life from that. But a better way or a brighter, should we call it a brighter way? Is to look to the Lord. Take the scales off my eye, look to Him, receive the brightness of instruction from the goodness of God and walk in that way. Do you know what that means? God might even empower you to do something that's outside of your personality, outside of your financial resources and outside of your skill set. You won't have what you need looking in the mirror, but you'll have all you need looking at the master. And that's really important. We've got a world that's overanalyzing the mirror at the moment. We're so unhappy about things in the mirror. We're we're changing our features, we're implanting and removing, we're stretching and changing. And, you know, I don't know, maybe one day I'll, you know, I'll want the creases out my eyes, I don't know. But when you look in the mirror too long, you might say, I don't have the bank account I need. I don't have the personality type I need. I don't have the, the skills I need or the talents. I want to tell you, the mirror was always meant to be dim. The true brightness of a spiritual life is look to the master. The master illuminates for us, right? This is my favorite C.S. Lewis quote. Every preacher has to have a C.S. Lewis quote. It's like compulsory for some reason. We've all got them. We're all gonna have them tattooed somewhere at some time. But this is my favorite C.S. Lewis quote. It says this, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. You see, it is my light, but it is the light. And a lot of people need to grasp, we all need to grasp this idea that God is my light, but He is also the light, the light by which I see everything. Can you say amen to that? I think it's very tempting um, for us uh, to think uh, the mirror view is the right view, but the right view is the master. The master will lead us. I'm already, all of us, I guess, but certainly for me, I'm way out of my personality zone, way out of my talent zone, way out of my financial resource zone. I am in the God zone, doing things that were it not for God, I would not have been able to do it. He is my light and my life. Can you say amen to that? But then it's it worth taking a moment to recognize the Bible tells us the different types of light uh, in Scripture. <sighs> now, because this is South Africa, I need to say that this was planned. Because 
Most, you know, the saints seated here are like, ah, it's one of those days. But this is actually planned. Imagine your life is darkness like this. From the perspective of, I'd like to know where to go. In what way does walking in the light improve my fellowship with one another? Well, suppose I asked all of you to help me navigate across this stage and it was total darkness. And you can see some things I can't see. The way you would do it is shout out, George, keep going straight. And someone will shout out, there's something in front of you, go left. Someone might say, but you could go right. If you go right, go far right, because there's another thing in your way. And keep. But the person who said go left is irritated with me because it would have been quicker if I'd gone left. I'd have worked my way around it a little further. Our fellowship isn't good because I'm trying to walk by your light, but your light can't help me. It isn't enough light. You've got some light, but not enough light. So I stumble in the darkness. You keep asking preachers and prophets and friends. They're saying, go left, go right. Watch the obstacle. Stop. Be careful. Uh, someone might even be, you know, might even be irritated and say, let me just help you. Come up onto the stage and grab me by the hand and drag me across. This other person might not be my wife. Now my wife's annoyed that you're taking me down a path. Well, it's, it's a, just imagine. And these are the things that make living your life by somebody else's light a disconnect of fellowship. We need true light. We need a brighter light than your mirror and your friends. We need the light of life. Okay, production, let's have it back, let's have it back. We've, we've suffered enough here uh, without, uh, you know, <laughs> power, load shedding, and then you come to church and then the preachers turn the lights off. I mean, really, um, the, the light of life. Um, uh, you know, let me just tell you, there are, there are over 600 people uh, in front of TV somewhere, 600 devices watching church right now. That's amazing. If you put two people per room, uh, there's uh, like 1,200 people, a whole church somewhere around the world watching um, and joining online. Thank God for online church, everybody. Thank God for online church. I've got a couple of minutes and I want you to land on the types of light and how to walk in the light. 1 Corinthians 15 reminds us that the sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, the stars another, and the stars differ from star to star in splendor. In other words, preaching is one kind of light. Small groups is one kind of light. Marrying and living a life with a believing spouse is a kind of light. Uh, prophecy is a kind of light. But we must be careful that we uh, remember that the main light uh, is uh, Jesus Christ. Not even the sun. You know, the Bible says in Revelation uh, that when there is a new heaven and a new earth, the sun and the moon will no longer give us light, for the Lamb will be our light. That's so good. It doesn't mean there won't be a sun and a moon. It'll be there, but we won't rely on it to be our light. The lamb will be our light. And so today, I want to talk to you about the light of life. And so um, uh, there are, I, I have, I mean, do we have, do we have time? Do we have, do we have six minutes? Do we have six minutes? I mean, it's probably a bit wet to go home anyway, and there's the whole, the whole issue of your hair and all that, you know? Um, uh, you want me to stay here, yeah, it's great coffee. Um, so what I did was I've summarised, there are probably more ways than this, I summarised five um, dimmer levels of light in life, I guess, uh, and, and then I thought just to like maybe help you remember, or because I had time on my hands to prepare uh, extra, um, the, the five of them uh, spell out the word 
life. So, so here we go. Uh, John 1 says, uh, in him we have life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The first idea um, on the amount of, of light in your life is when you find yourself in him. Something is in him, it's done in him when it's done uh, with his uh, approval in mind. It would please God. You know, if you've got kids, um, and I only know this because I've been the, the, the blessed beneficiary of this. Every now and then, um, somebody will come from kids' church with a little piece of artwork that, that their child did that they want to give to me. And you have this because it's on your fridge. And, and you, you, um, the idea of the artwork uh, is not to be analyzed for its accuracy. It, it, it is to be analyzed for its heart. Uh, when a child comes and gives me a piece of artwork, I am amazed, not necessarily by the accuracy of the art, but by the character of the artist. Thank you for thinking of me and making this for me. Is this for me? Yes, this is you, this is me, this is me. And this, these are my dogs. These are, these are, this is my four-legged dog and my three-legged dog. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, because you thought of me. Uh, the beauty of it is not the accuracy. The beauty of it is the thought, the heart, and the intention. When I do something in him, he's not checking uh, the accuracy of everything. He's checking the heart. I did this to please you. It is with you in mind. This is you and us and me in this picture. And there is something beautiful about that. Can you say amen to that? I think there is... There is a value in recognizing, in recognizing that. John 8 reminds us um, when Jesus spoke uh, again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's the phrase. Do you know that phrase, light of life, is in the Bible about 60 times through the Psalms and into the New Testament. Jesus is not just a light, he is the light of life. And I think there is something incredibly beautiful. You know, a lot of people, uh, I, I'm including myself in this, we used to pray for God to give us things we think we need. So I would pray and say, Lord, we need this. I need that. I, I'm missing this. I lack that. And you know what I discovered? Those things were already there, just in a dark corner. And the more light I had, the more I found what God already placed there. Think about the woman who lost that one coin. She had 10, she lost one. What did she do? She lit a lamp and put light in her house, swept it out, and what she thought we, she didn't have, she had. It just was in a dark corner of your life. And when you put enough light on it, you say, oh, there it is. There's my security. There's my future. There's my plan. Oh, I thought I didn't have it. I thought I needed it, but I just needed to make the circle of light bigger. Yeah. And the more light there is, the more... The second kind of light by which we live is the light of inspiration. This is the work of the Holy Spirit inspiring us. You've never met somebody quite as enthusiastic as somebody who is filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just enthusiasm. It's enthusiasm that can't be crushed. It's being filled with God. Inspiration. So the first is, 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 the, is life, the light of life. The second is the light of inspiration. 
Sometimes all we need is to be inspired by God. 1 Corinthians 13, not the part you know. The other part, it says this, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For uh, now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And now abides faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. This passage of Scripture reiterates this idea that when you really grow up in your faith, the thing you ask God for is not stuff, It's the ability to have faith, hope, and love. True maturity is expressed in an attitude, not in stuff. Amen? And there's something really powerful about living an inspired life. You know, um, God may take you to places you didn't expect, hanging out with people you didn't expect, doing things you didn't expect, but to live an inspired life filled with the Holy Spirit is the most exciting adventure anybody could have. And your light goes down when you no longer feel inspired. Today, put your trust in God and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you anew. It'll be light in your life. Can you say amen to that? We're in need of it. A third kind of light the Bible tells us about is the light of goodness. I don't know if you've ever felt that. When you do something good for someone, help someone, that although the task might have been heavy, your soul feels light afterwards. And I'm playing with the word light there, I know. But your soul feels light because you did something that was a representation of God. God's hands, God's feet, God's mouthpiece on the earth. And one of the ways we get light in our lives is being light. Are you guys worried about being baptized there? Somebody got an accidental baptism? There are about 25 baptisms happening at Father's house right now, just on different seats around the building as the, as the, water, <laughs> the water comes. Uh, goodness is a kind of light. And I think often we find ourselves in darkness just because we're thinking a little selfishly. And the moment we start thinking about doing something for others, light comes into our lives and we can see where we're going. No, no, you just have to shake yourself loose out of it. Uh, Listening to somebody's testimony when they've been through more, suffered more, struggled more, got to the other side of it and somehow found the goodness of God in that makes me realise, snap out of it, George. God has done great things in tougher circumstances. Let the light shine in your life again. Can you say amen to that? Is that a clappable moment? Even these freezing conditions... Um, uh, um, where am I? Inspiration? Goodness? Ah, number four, uh, holiness. Should I read a scripture for, would you like it? It fits into the OCD thing. Okay, here we go, 1 Corinthians 3. It's a hectic scripture, but it's from the message, and I'm going to say it with a smile, because it's got a few punchy statements in it. Don't fool yourselves. Don't think that you can be wise merely by being relevant. Be God's fool. That's the path to true wisdom. What the world calls smart, God calls silly. How powerful is that? We've got to go another way. When the worldly way is accumulate, the godly way is contribute, share, uh, help, extend yourself. And watch how light enters into your life. Number four, uh, the Bible tells us that light comes when we conduct ourselves with holiness. Every time you make a holy decision, light comes into your life. 
it can come in the most unusual forms. Sometimes it feels like just a temptation you say no to. Sometimes it's a path you shouldn't follow. Uh, I've been doing some alterations and I met with one guy and I said I need a quote for this and they said I got two types of quotes. The one is if I write an invoice and you pay into my bank account and the other is if I just tell you the price and you pay me in cash. And I said I've only got one kind of quote, the kind where you write it on an invoice and I pay into your bank account. And I don't want to ever hear that again because, you know, I don't know if you know what I do, but I will pray down fire from heaven. You don't know me. Um, It's so tempting to benefit yourself, perhaps, in some kind of way. But once you do that, you start dimming the light and then you can't see your path. You can't see your purpose and you can't see your destination. But when you are holy, you make holy decisions, light comes. And in your light, there is life. Remember that phrase, in his light, there is life. If you want a life-giving world, relationships, business, and personal attitude, then make holy decisions. And then light just floods in. And then everything becomes clearer. You know, it's, often people say, well, if I do this, you know, my, you know, well, I go to hell. I mean, it's very dramatic. Or, Am I not saved anymore? Don't worry about that. You will be saved uh, by the blood of Jesus. That's the standard. But do you want to live your whole life in darkness, stumbling about in the dark when you could have had the light of life? Amen. Job chapter 33 verse 28 says, God has delivered me from going down to the pit and I shall live to enjoy the light of life. That's the cool thing. See, when I make wrong decisions or unrighteous decisions rather, and the world gets a little darker, you know what might happen? I might not see a pitfall. I might not see a snake or serpent and I might fall in it. It won't be God's fault. It'll be the darkness that I allowed myself to live in and God has called us to live in the light of life. There is one other thing that I think is so incredibly powerful about light. Every time You tell the world, your world, your people, or your environment, your story of God, your testimony, it is light. You know, there is an authority in being able to say your testimony. That word is uh, uh, perhaps um, uh, not as popular uh, anymore, but it is is simply putting your hand up uh, for God. And letting it be known. I I think we should get back to um, uh, being public about our faith. Uh, And if we're doing something wrong and people criticize us for it, we'll we'll adjust and we'll grow and it'll be okay. And if you stumble and something fails, you'll be okay. But better to let people know you're a follower of Jesus, flaws and all, than to hide both that and your flaws and all. Just put it out there and just say, I'm just going to follow him just as I am. And he will make it all work out. Can you say amen to that? Um, Another clappable moment? Thank you. (laughs) Psalm, uh, Psalm 27. Uh, psalm 27 is a, a really powerful psalm, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up with this. Uh, it says, uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? How powerful that this idea continually of light and life. 
Now, it's, um, it's um, difficult to live the spirit, a Christian's a spiritual journey when what you're waiting for is next instruction all the time. What should I do next? What should I do next? It is joyful, not difficult to live the Christian life when what you have is the light of life. Wherever you go, the path illuminates and uh, he sets your path for you and he prepares a way for you and you simply stay in the light. If you move out of the light, you get into trouble, you stay in the light, the path becomes clear. Let us live in the light, walk in the light, have fellowship in the light and enjoy what it looks like to be people of the light. Can you say amen to that? I wonder if you could stand with me. Let's take some time to pray some prayers over that. Amen. I trust you've got a great day planned after the service. A wonderful, perhaps, a roast, Sunday, Sunday roast. Uh, you know, with all those, especially those double uh, fried uh, potatoes. I feel like that's part of the journey today. But I, I want to uh, take two minutes uh, to, that we pray that we'll walk in the light and not allow darkness to come upon us. There are people in front who are available to pray for you on anything. If you feel prompted by the Holy Spirit on anything and would like prayer, you come for prayer and we'll, we'll happily pray with you. And, and if you've got nowhere to rush to, I hope you'll stay for a cup of coffee or a conversation in Warehouse One. And I also hope that if you need communion, uh, that you'll come and help yourself to the communion elements on the front, at the front here, either side of the stage. But I'd like to take a moment to talk to ask you about whether you feel your life is in light or not. You know? um, so could you close your eyes for a moment uh, and let me uh, put that out there. Uh, you know, the, the most beautiful thing about life is not where you are or who you are. The most beautiful thing about life is enjoying where you are and who you are because of God. There's, a, there's, something, about, there's something about the heart of man enjoying the warmth of God's light. How did God start creation? He said, let there be light. It, it sort of everything starts there. There's still lots to do, but let's start with light. And just while you're in this moment of prayer, I just want to invite you to ask God to be your light. That's where we start. Be my light. In my marriage, be my light. In my thoughts, be my light. In my decisions, be my light. Holy Spirit, will you please be our light. Lighting the lamp of faith, of hope, of love in our lives. Teach us not to stumble around in darkness, nor to dim the light so that all we see is the immediate environment without any hope for the future. Please will you teach us to walk in the light as you are in the light and teach us to enjoy the light of life. Our direction is determined by our ability to stay in the light. Help us do that, we pray. If you're here this morning and just in closing, I have gone over time a little, but just in closing, you, you kind of need to take an action and you need to say, okay, I, I can't stumble around like this. I need to stay in the light. If that's where you're at, I'd love to just do a, a single prayer with you, a, a phrase or two with you, but I'd like an action from you. I'd like you to say, include me in that prayer. I want to stay in the light and I haven't been. And if that's you, I, I wonder if just while we're in this private moment, you just raise your hand 
only long enough for me to see it and strong enough for you to have taken an action from this conversation. Like, take an action. There we go. One, two, three, four, all over. Uh, a whole bunch of, uh, stay in the light, stay in the light. That's where the good stuff is. Nothing good happens in the darkness. Stay in the light. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wonder if just under your own breath, you would just repeat this uh, phrase uh, after me. I'm just going to pray to God to guide you with words. And if you would repeat this phrase, Lord Jesus, be my light. Please forgive me for living out my life in the shadows. Thank you for inviting me into a life of light. Please forgive me for ignoring you I choose instead today to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give God one last shout of praise and thanksgiving, worship.